Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. Become a Coast Insider, and you can hear this complete conversation as well as recent shows featuring guests discussing new cases of the troubling cattle mutilation phenomenon, worrisome instances of clandestine CIA torture, and the evidence that the lost city of Atlantis may have really once existed. Check out these programs and many other fascinating episodes waiting for you in the Coast to Coast Archive by heading over to coasttocoastam.com and signing up for Coast Insider. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Final Strike. It's a novel, but it's got a lot of truth to it. The possibilities that we could get hit by an asteroid and it would literally change uh, the way this country is. It would change the planet, wouldn't it? It would. Um, people would say, "Well, how how realistic is it? How uh, how much of a threat is it?" It's improbable in terms of what are the uh, the probabilities here, but uh, possible. And so there are about seven hundred thousand uh, as- known asteroids. Uh, some are very small rocks that burn up in the atmosphere before they reach the uh, reach the Earth. But many of them uh, go undetected. There are about as many as 25,000 asteroids that are bigger, what I have to call a Mickey Mantle home run, 460 feet. Uh, those are city busters and can uh, wreak uh, regional damage on a, on a massive scale. But then there are those that are a kilometer or, uh, or even um, you know, bigger than that. Uh, those are the uh, the types of asteroids that can end life on uh, on the planet itself, and so we uh, we don't have enough uh, we don't have the capability to detect uh, all of them. In fact, seventy five percent of them will go undetected. So what NASA is uh, trying to do, what the Air Force has recommended, is back as early as back in nineteen ninety six. I read one of their reports about planetary defense is that we need to find the asteroids before they find us. If we find them out in space, far enough out in space, we can, in fact, help deflect their, uh, their orbit That's if they're right. coming into uh, the conflict with Earth. Uh, but if we only have, well, uh, Charles Bolton, the former uh, uh, director of uh, NASA, he said, if you give me three weeks, uh, it's time to pray. And so going back just three years, we saw a... A small asteroid passed over uh, Russia, parts of Russia, Siberian forest. Uh, it leveled, uh, it injured 1,200 people, and it leveled hundreds of acres of uh, forest. It was only 15 feet uh, in width. And so if you can now magnify that to be a 600, almost six-tenths of a mile, that's the end of the planet. If something like that hits, it will hit with a force. It'll come in at a speed of about 33,000 miles, uh, an hour, it will hit with the force of all of the nuclear weapons we have on the planet. And so it will lead to the destruction of life as we know it. So are they out there? Uh, there, there are uh, uh, kind of these real threats to our existence, and we don't have the ability right now to detect them. And when, here's something people have to understand. Even if we detect them, they then go undetected. We've had large asteroids one discovered back in 1950, we followed it for 17 days, and then it disappeared. It was not re, it was not rediscovered until the year 2000. So 50 years we lost track of this huge asteroid, and uh, we've had that with other asteroids as well. So we've got to get a space-based 
um, system which can detect where these asteroids are, how far away they are from Earth, and uh, again, if we have enough time, we can move them. Um, but right now, we don't have that capability. Yeah, this is something the United Nations should get behind and back because all nations are going to get it. Uh, it's well, it's not going to be just one country uh, that might get hit, but it's going to affect the entire planet. Well, um, as a matter of fact, um, what we're looking at here in terms of the novels, um, the Final Strike is a sequel to a previous novel called Collision. What got my attention is the fact that a number of countries, including the United States, including Russia, including China, and most recently Luxembourg, are getting into the business of mining asteroids. There are trillions of dollars worth of minerals uh, in these asteroids. Mm -hmm. And so countries and even private uh, space buccaneers are now looking to move asteroids into a closer orbit to Earth so we can actually mine them, either robotically or by uh, astronauts, mine them for their resources and bring them back to Earth, or mine them for water, which can then be converted into energy that help uh, us on our missions to Mars. So what happens if we start moving them into an orbit and suddenly it gets pulled into what we call a gravitational keyhole, putting on a collision course uh, with Earth. Uh, how, we, how do we deflect it at that point? And again, given enough time, we can. But if we don't have enough time, it's over. We used to have a, a, a section called near-Earth tracking. Is that still around, do you know? Yes, uh, we still have the system, but again, it's limited because it's, uh, our, our tracking of um, asteroids is really it's Earth-based and optical. We need to have a space-based capability that's infrared as well and that can track uh, the uh, the asteroids that are in our uh, solar system. So uh, we can track we can track them, but it's not very it's not very uh, secure in terms of being able to maintain contact with them all the time. Final Strike uh, has all the makings of a movie, William. When's that going to happen? <laughs> I don't know. They, there there was a movie made by Bruce Willis. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, this is a little bit different in terms of I tried to include, uh, in each of the novels I write, I tried to include a portion of my own uh, experience. Uh, in a blink of an eye, for example, I, uh, I worried about, while I was at the Pentagon, people, the re- reporters would say, what keeps you awake at night? And I would say, a nuclear bomb destroying an American city. And it did. I worried about it constantly. Obviously, I couldn't write about it then, but I, one of the novels I wrote is called Blink of an Eye, in terms of what happens if we do, in fact, have a bomb that destroys an American city. And uh, the city of Savannah, Georgia, was destroyed in this novel. Uh, you have to read the novel to find out why Savannah was a target. But it raises the issue, what happens? Uh, number one, uh, the United States would have to find out number, uh, who did this, how did they do it, why did they do it, and what do we do about it in response? All within a period of four or five days, because the tremendous pressure we placed on any president. You must respond to someone, and then you hope You've got the right country that has, uh, is responsible for it. But I tried to take these issues, and here uh, with um, the uh, final strike, I wanted to include uh, covert actions, what they call rendition actions, mm-hmm. where we have an American citizen who's being held uh, in, a, uh, in a hotel in Moscow. How do we get him out of there, and how do we do it in a way that doesn't start uh, a war with the, with the Russians? So I tried to include experiences that I've had, uh, during the course of my long career, uh, and uh, include this part of the novel. So it's not just about asteroids; it's about U.S. 
Russia relations, about covert actions, about murder and intrigue, um, uh, and international uh, uh, operations. If we had a six-month head notice that we knew an asteroid was coming this way, would governments tell us as people, would they inform us that this is coming? Well, that's, that's another issue uh, that's raised in the novels. Uh, what would be the obligation of the, of, uh, the heads of uh, state of all of the, uh, of the countries? Uh, how much notice would you give? How much panic would you instill? How would you control the panic? What measures uh, would you undertake? Would you declare martial law? Uh, making sure that people uh, didn't uh, break into riots and uh, break into uh, various uh, storage supplies to get as much food and medicine uh, as possible. Uh, when you think about it, we only have um, uh, our access to food supply uh, comes from within, let's say, 150 miles uh, uh, or more. What happens when that's cut off? Uh, oh my you have God. a very limited supply of food and water, what happens when it gets cut off? So then you would have panic set in. You would then uh, have to do, decide whether you impose martial law. How would you do that? So these are all issues that uh, a commander-in-chief has to think about. He doesn't have to think about it on a day-to-day basis, but his Secretary of Defense, his Secretary of Homeland Security, all of those uh, in the business of protecting uh, our country, and the same would be applied to China, Russia, any other country. What do we do in terms of um, a catastrophe that strikes on a massive basis, whether it could be uh, biological, it could be uh, a plague uh, that is uh, unleashed across the, uh, the world, uh, we had uh, something to take place back in 1919 during that time frame in which uh, we had the uh, uh, the flu that devastated um, uh, you know, many countries. So we worry about those things to uh, to try to prepare as best we can. Uh, number one, understand where would the supplies be, how would we get them to people, how would we get medicines uh, to individuals. If we had any kind of a uh, virus that spread, would you keep people at home, would you let them come to work? Uh, you've got all of those issues that oh, uh, major companies now uh, also have to have plans for what they do with their employees under those circumstances. And so um, most people uh, assume that we're making those plans and taking all that into consideration and they go on their lives uh, without having to worry too much about it. But all of those issues we have to deal with. One of our late friends is Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell was convinced that this planet was being visited by extraterrestrials, William. And just recently it's been revealed the government spent $22 million to try to study the possibilities. i got to ask you, as a former Secretary of Defense, did this question of UFOs, ETs ever cross your desk? Uh, well, I was asked frequently about Area 51 as to whether or not uh, we were doing anything unusual out there. I never got to visit Area 51. But I, uh, I raised the issue, I don't know, um, but it seems to me pretty extraordinary to say out of all of the um, planets uh, in, the, uh, in the universe that we're the only ones where some form of life exists. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But would they have told you, or would they have kept this from you? And 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 let's say President Bill Clinton, would they have kept it from him? Uh, the answer is no. Uh, if if the Secretary of Defense is, is inquiring about something uh, as important as that, or they better tell him. <laughs> yeah, you have to. You have to. 
And uh, I know there are questions now where that some sightings have been uh, of UFOs or allegedly have been seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I take this position. Look, we're spending billions of dollars to explore space. And what makes us think that we're the only ones who are out in space? And, and if we're spending billions, I know it's a big price tag for the $22 million, but if we're spending billions to find out if there's life out there, uh, how can we rule out whether there are other forms of life, not looking like us or being like us, that are exploring uh, the universe as well? So I don't know the answer to it, but this is part of, uh, we're great explorers. That's what the, the destiny of mankind is, to constantly explore the new frontier, the new frontier of space. Would you tell me if you knew? Yes. Okay, great. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.